Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Today we celebrate Transfiguration Sunday. As we watch Jesus shine in all his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration, we're reminded that he is the glorious Son of God, our Savior. And in the final sermon of our Uncovered series, today we turn to an event in the life of Moses, whose face radiated the glory of our Lord. Our sermon today is based on Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 through 35. Our message is entitled, Glory Uncovered. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. To those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Amen. Turn our thoughts this morning to Exodus chapter 34, starting at verse 29. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not realize that the skin of his face was shining because he had been speaking with the Lord. When Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, they were amazed that the skin of his face was shining, so they were afraid to come close to him. Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the rulers of the community returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came close to him, and he gave them all of the commands that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. When Moses was finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out again. Then he would come out and tell the people of Israel what he had been commanded. Whenever the people of Israel saw Moses' face, they would see that the skin of Moses' face was shining. Then Moses would put the veil on his face again, until he went in to speak with the Lord again. The word of our God. My dear family in Christ, uncovered, all throughout this epiphany season, we have seen the Lord uncover for us truths which we never would have discovered on our own. Through his words and by his actions, the Lord Jesus has uncovered for us the principles on which his kingdom is built and by which it operates. Today, as the epiphany season comes to an end, we're reminded of those same principles and the fact that they all reflect the glory of God. And for that matter... So does the Lord Jesus who embodied them. This morning as we see the glory of our Savior Jesus come shining through his human flesh and blood, we see glory uncovered. And to help us think about the real glory of the gospel, We'll turn to these words from Exodus and consider something that happened some 1,400 years before that transfiguration day. We come to find that Moses was glowing. Have you ever glowed? 
You ever seen someone whom you love glow? Your bride as she came walking down the aisle on your wedding day? Your husband after his favorite team just won the Super Bowl? Your daughter after she comes home and announces that she just got engaged? Your son who just hit the winning shot? Moses was glowing, not just kind of really happy, sort of glowing, but Moses was literally glowing. His face was shining, we're told. Well, at least it was for a time, like a helium balloon that eventually begins to lose its air and drag, start to uh, sag and droop. The Lord has the Apostle Paul tell us in 2 Corinthians 3, you heard it earlier, that the shining glory on Moses' face would eventually fade, and so he would often wear a veil. What was that all about? And what kind of meaning does it have for us here today as 21st century Christians? Let's think that together, through together, dear brothers and sisters. And on this Transfiguration Day, let's celebrate and let's give thanks for this glory uncovered. It was another 40-day trip for Moses. Maybe you recall from the book of Exodus that the first time that Moses was up on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, he was there receiving the law that the Lord had written for him. Matter of fact, Moses was gone for so long that his brother Aaron prompted by the people of Israel at the foot of the mountain, received all of their gold jewelry and melted it down and fashioned it into a golden calf. And then the people of God, in a shocking display of idolatry, danced around that golden calf, bowed down and worshipped it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Well, Moses came down from the mountain. and was blown away to see God's saved people worshiping this two-bit golden calf. And he was livid. Remember? He took those stone tablets and smashed them. He took their golden calf and, and ground it down into powder and mixed it together with some water and forced the people to drink it. And the Lord was angry too. That day the Levites put to death about 3,000 people at his command and the Lord followed it up with a terrible plague that came and settled in on the Israelites. And after that, the Lord called Moses up Mount Sinai for another summit meeting. And once again, Moses was gone on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. Can you imagine can you imagine what those five and a half weeks must have been like for the people of Israel down at the foot of the mountain? Think maybe they were worried that the Lord was about to announce even further punishment for their disgusting display of idolatry. Think maybe they worried that Moses was never going to return to them. Think maybe they were concerned that the Lord had thought it over and decided, you know what, I'm done with these people. I'm abandoning them. I'm not going to go with them anymore. Well, finally, Moses made his way down the mountain. He's carrying in his arms the stone tablets on which was written the law of the Lord. But it wasn't those tablets of stone that God's people noticed. 
Instead, they noticed his face. It was shining, glowing. And it terrified them. Verse 30 says, When Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, they were amazed that the skin of his face was shining, so they were afraid to come close to him. They were afraid because that glowing face of Moses was a striking reminder that they were dealing with the true, almighty, holy God. They were afraid because they knew that they had offended him, that they had thrown away the glory that belongs only to him and instead had given his glory to that worthless idol. I mean, Moses comes down from Mount Sinai and he's got the Ten Commandments and the people now realize they hadn't kept even the very first commandment which says you shall have no other gods. How could they do anything but cower in fear as they saw the holiness of God shining on the face of Moses? They were terrified. I get that. I know how they felt. Oh, I mean, we get smug and we think that we have so much to offer God with our wonderfully godly lives. And then we get real. And we realize that every single day we've sinned against our God, rebelled against Him, offended Him. Oh, we may look nice and shiny with that godly face on the outside, but if only people knew what we were like on the inside. The sins that we cozied up to when no one else was around. Then we patted ourselves on the back thinking, well, I got away with it as, as though God were clueless. So start to add it up. Think about some of the things that didn't go the way that they should have yesterday. Some of the thoughts you had. Maybe some of the words you spoke. Maybe there were some unkind thoughts or some overly harsh words that you spoke even on your way to church this morning. And now think about the course of the last week. The lust and the greed, the envy, the selfishness, the lovelessness, the sinful pride. Think of some of the golden calves that you've worshipped, the things and the people that you've momentarily loved more than the Lord your God. And now add in the last month. And then add to that the last decade. And now add to that all the years of your life up to this point. Transfiguration's mountain of glory, we see that we have amassed a mountain of sin in our lives. Standing in the presence of a holy God who shines with perfect glory, how could we not cower in fear at the sight? He knows all. He sees all. He's not fooled when we try to polish ourselves up with a phony perfection in his sight. Like the Israelites, his perfect glory, shining in all of its brilliance, makes us want to run for cover and hide. How are we ever going to be transfigured? 
Dare we ever hope to have a face that shines with the radiance of God's glory? Well, look closer at our text. When they were afraid to come near to Moses, thanks to his shining countenance, Moses didn't shout at them. He didn't say, that's right, run and hide. You'd better be afraid. Can't believe what you did. Nope. Instead, we find in verse 31 that Moses called to them. That radiant face of his, you see, wasn't meant to repel God's people. Moses called the leaders to himself, and he began to speak to them. And, and when he was done speaking with them, then all the people came near to him. So what made the difference? It had to be what Moses told them, right? I imagine that Moses recounted for them exactly what had happened up there on Mount Sinai over the course of the last 40 days. As you read through the, the verses leading up to this text, you come to find that Moses there had pleaded with God, had begged God to forgive the sins of his people. He said to the Lord, if I have found favor in your eyes, let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wickedness and our sin and take us as your inheritance. And the Lord said, yes. In fact, he caused his glory to pass by in front of Moses. And he proclaimed his name, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. God had made a covenant to be their God and they his people to forgive their wickedness, their rebellion, and sin. See, that glory that was splashed all over the face of Moses wasn't only a reminder of God's holiness and his power. It was a reminder of his forgiving grace, his mercy. And so this account connects us to what happened about 1,400 years later on the Mount of Transfiguration. And there with Peter and James and John, we listen to the Father's voice from heaven marking this, his son, his beloved son, and urging his people, listen to him. This is my son whom I love. And why does the Father love Jesus? Because Jesus willingly came into this world to do the Father's will, to reconcile a wayward people to their God, to make them his treasured possession. There on the Mount of Glory, we see Jesus shining in all his glory, God made flesh, to walk down that mountain. And several weeks later, after transfiguration, walked up Mount Calvary, where he was sacrificed as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world, to win for us an eternal glory. The glory of God is that he sent his Son to become one of us, to live for us, to die for us, so that by his doing and his dying, our sins would be forgiven and we would be made the heirs of heaven's never-ending glory. When Moses was finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. 
As I said earlier, the Lord tells us here in 2 Corinthians 3, we heard it in our scripture reading, that the glory on Moses' face would eventually fade until he went to speak with the Lord again. And, and Moses didn't want God's people to see the glory fading from his face. Why? Because he didn't want them to think that God's glory and God's grace ever fade away. Because they don't. God's glory is his gospel, his forgiving love for us in Christ Jesus. And dear Christian, it's that glory that transfigures and transforms you from sinner to saint, from condemned to saved. God has made you his very own. Now, as fascinating as it might be, we Christians don't walk around with faces that are glowing with the glory of God. But no, make no mistake about it. Just like Moses, God's glory is intended to shine through us to others. Because the same Savior who said to us in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world, also calls on us in Matthew chapter 5, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and give praise to your Father in heaven. So how about it? Like Moses, let's take off the veil. Let the gospel's glory be uncovered in us. Let's hear this word and take it deep into our heart. Let's take off the veil and come before our Lord every day in heartfelt prayer, bearing our soul to him who bore our sin. Let's take off the veil and come before our God with heartfelt, regular worship, with nothing to hinder us or to keep us from giving him our genuine thanks and praise because he deserves it. And then let's go out these doors and out into our world, into our community, and shine with this wonderful glory. Let others see the grace, the mercy, the love of Christ, our Lord, shining in us and through us. Because, see, we've got something bigger and greater than this world has ever known. We have got a gospel that is able to buoy us and sustain us in the face of all the hopelessness and lovelessness and wickedness all around us, we have the glory of God's gospel. We have the glory of God uncovered, the glory of a Savior who has won heaven for us. That's a glory that never fades. And so today, the end of this epiphany season, we walk down from the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and walk with him into the Lenten season starting this Wednesday. We walk with our Savior on his way to the cross and treasure what he has done for us because this gospel message is real, eternal, unfading glory. This is our strength, our life, our foundation, our everything. Today, believer, take in this dazzling sight. See Moses there, his face beaming brightly with the radiant glory of God's forgiving grace. See your Savior shining with all the glory that he has as the eternal Son of God. 
and rejoice that His forgiving love has found its way into your heart. Embrace that love. And live your life thanking God for this uncovered glory. It's a glory that never fades. Amen.